Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Welcome to the Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson, and I'm going to be pounding out the best regional metal for you tonight. If you're new to this show, pick up your hammer and get down with some of these featured guests. Got any questions or comments? Send them to MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Jesus, what a trip it has been since the closing of the station. I have Chris Black calling in from High Spirits actor and Professor Black. He's going to be talking about all of his musical catalog, about what it's like to go on tour. But before we get into all of that and playing some music, I want to go ahead and give a couple of shout-outs here to Zach Kendall, Evan Walsh, Mick Warner, Sean Tyler, and Ryan Tomes, the guys who are you know, donating on the Patreon page or through the PayPal account. Everything that you go to is all branded Metal Forge Radio. It's patreon.com slash metalforgeradio, metalforgeradio.com, metalforgeradio at gmail.com for the uh, PayPal. And it really does take you guys, without the support of you guys, I could not keep doing this show thank you all so much i appreciate everything that you do you know from the bottom of my metal heart you know so let's go ahead and get into this this is high spirits stage fright
Stage Fright by High Spirits, and I am being joined on the phone with Mr. Chris Black. Chris, how are you doing tonight, man? So far, so good. How about you? Dude, I am doing awesome. You know, it's... Kick-ass. And you can say kick-ass now. That's damn fucking shit right. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. So, tell me about, and the listeners of the Metal Forge, you know, because... I was restricted to a local only to Louisville. Well, not so necessarily Louisville, like all of Kentucky and about to Columbus, Indiana before. So with you guys being out of Chicago, tell the listeners about High Spirits. How did y'all start? High Spirits started uh, just kind of as a fun recording project by myself. Um, I was playing in a few other bands that were kind of doing you know they were kind of each doing their own thing um mostly mostly recording but i I was in a touring band uh called super christ for a while um and i was at the beginning of 2009 it was in january of 2009 that i kind of i don't know i kind of got this feeling that i had more uh maybe especially lyrically i had more to express than uh than than was uh, then and then I could comfortably express in these other uh, bands and projects that I had going. Um, so it was really kind of it, it sounds cliched almost, but it really was this simple that one night I just kind of picked up the guitar and and almost like logged in as a different user kind of and started writing these uh, these songs that were different musically and you know very different again very different lyrically from what I was doing before. Um, and in a matter of, I think, three or four months, certainly by the summer, so yeah, say six months, uh, by July of 2009, I had an album's worth of songs written um, and recorded in kind of like a, a rough uh, demo format. And around that same time, you know, I wasn't even really thinking about it as a band that would play live. It was kind of just this, uh, again, kind of like sudden personal like just you know writing songs for fun uh kind of outlet but around that time around around july of 2009 uh there was a uh these two promoters in chicago that you know they put on bands they bring in international bands once in a while um they were bringing um they were working on a show with uh the band enforcer from sweden and the band cauldron from Canada. Absolutely. They were they were on tour together. Um or they were going to be on tour together and these guys were, were doing the show in Chicago and they said, Would high spirits do it? And I said, Well, let me see if I can find people. You know, it was kind of short notice and again I wasn't even really conceiving of the band as as a band. You know, it was just kind of me with the guitar and the drum machine to that point. But, you know, I asked around, um the drummer from Superchrist was up for it. Um my friend Scott who uh, we had a band called Dawnbringer together. He was up for it. Um, actually, I'm, I'm going in the wrong order. The first person I asked was Mike, the guitar player from Zool, um, and he was in, and then the other two guys. And then we had a bass player lined up for a second, and it kind of that kind of fell apart um, very close to the show, and I ended up playing bass and singing, um, which wasn't the plan. The plan was for me just to be the singer. Um so we did the show, and it went it went well enough that we were kind of up for, you know, doing a few more shows and seeing where it leads. You know, meanwhile, Bob 
joins the band um, as the bass player, and that's kind of been our our steady lineup ever since. 2010, then we had the opportunity to do some touring. I mean, we hadn't even really made an album. We were still kind of just drawing from this this pile of demo songs that I had done in 2009. But in 2010, we were able to do kind of a little, um, you know, kind of like a regional tour and get get some experience being a live band. Um, that by the time the first real studio album came out another night came out in 2011 you know by then we kind of already had this reserve of material that we know that we knew would work live and we knew the band worked live so we were kind of from that point um just kind of off and running and from then it's really just been a matter of you know kind of figuring out what what we should do year to year in terms of how many shows we want to do and, you know, just keeping an ear to the ground for other things that pop up. And it's been, uh, you know, it's been a, I would say it's been a wild ride. It hasn't been that wild because we're pretty well behaved uh, <laughs> right. for, for a rock band. I mean, everybody, no everybody sex, drugs, rock and roll, but, <laughs> but it's been, well, you know, we, we all have our different, you know, five people in a band. They're not all going to have the same, not all be on the same track, but uh, very true. There's definitely, Definitely a few partiers, definitely a few, uh, you know, guys who like to get some extra sleep. Uh, right. <laughs> and then there's but, the there's uh, the, the say, family guy. Yeah, yeah, and a couple of us have kids. Um, so, you know, I, I will say as far as the, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll thing goes, there's always at least one night on each tour. That you, where, that you all just cut loose? Where stuff gets a little wild, yeah, I would say on average we're pretty chill. Everybody's, you know, uh, got good common sense. You know, nobody's nobody's doing anything that's gonna, you know, mess with the gig or like cause a cause a you know nobody nobody's going to jail or going to hospital or you know what that's not <laughs> right. Thankfully, right. that's not this band. But there's a there's always one night, maybe maybe more than one on every tour where, where things do get a little, uh, little amplified and that's good. I mean, you need that outlet. It's, you know, it's normal. Oh, absolutely. So, I, I can, I can think back to some of those for myself even. So, yeah, so with sure. that, there's probably you know, some that you can't, can't remember too, but oh, that's normal too. You know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, okay. So, like I said, it's uh, to say it's been a wild ride like that, 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 that maybe, uh, again, sounds like a cliche, but it's, it's been a ride. It's been a ride we didn't expect, and it's been awesome. Well, and that you know, and that's what what it is. You know, is also having the fun aspect too. In my totally. opinion, for sure. Totally. You know, because you got to have fun. You got to love what you do. You have to love what you do, or or why are you doing it? You know. Yeah, that's, I agree totally. So with the amplified moments, I've always liked to ask this. <laughs> this is a generational question. Okay, and I would say since you know you you all had formed in two thousand and nine, uh, right. you've been around eleven uh, now eleven years. So it's one of those things of like, so technically, or, or what should I say here? It's um, do you have any spinal tap moments? And I say that's a generational question because on a lot of the younger people, like I would say, like probably like twenty seven and younger. They're like, what's Spinal Tap? No, oh, they don't get the they don't get the reference. Oh no, not um, at all. 
so it it kind of takes the air out of the question. But do you have does <laughs> does high spirits have any particular Spinal Tap moments? It's always like to hear. Uh, we've definitely had a couple of a couple of shows uh, where maybe some technical problems just just couldn't be overcome. Um, nothing where nothing comes to mind anyway. Um, just like I said, some, some bad luck. Um, we were on tour, um, in the South. I want to say we were in Tennessee somewhere and the local band didn't have a bass amp. They said, can we borrow your bass amp? we said, okay, go for it. Sure. So they borrow it. They play before us and blow up the bass amp. Oh shit. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever, (laughs) whatever they were doing. So they, they nuked the bass amp. So we basically, what did we end up doing? I think we ended up using one of their guitar amps for the bass amp for our set. And then drive to the next, so the next day we we drive, I forget if we tried putting new tubes in the bass amp or what solution we tried. Didn't work. So we had to borrow the bass amp of another band the following night. And this may have been a nice amp. I don't know. It sounded like garbage. Maybe it was just like, so different from the particular kind of bass tone that that we would normally have that but it was it was like distractingly awkward and weird for the entire show so that was like two nights in a row um you know having having this kind of deformed bass guitar sound and it wasn't our fault at all it was it was that's what we get for that's what we get for you know being nice and saying yeah sure use our amp but uh, you know, as far as like spinal tap moments, you know, the the drummer exploding or uh, <laughs> anything like that. Anybody no, fall off stage? Uh, no, <laughs> nobody's fallen off stage. Um, there, there, there was one time I made kind of a kind of a rude comment about one of the opening bands, which which I regretted instantly. It was very, I mean, it's very. Um, out of character for high spirits and I would hope out of character for, for myself, uh, you know, most of the time, but, uh, kind of, kind of blessed a little bit when that happened. It was like, like I said, it was no sooner out of my mouth. I was like, Whoa, I can't believe I said that. Right. <laughs> I think it was Bobby. And looked at me like, like, wait, shut up. <laughs> so like I said, very, very out of character for high spirits, especially, um, you know, nothing, like I said, nothing else comes to mind. I mean, most of the silly stuff happens uh, happens off stage. Well, that's a good thing. At least it happens off stage, so you don't, you know, get made an ass of like on stage. I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. luckily I, we've been been spared that. Other than, <laughs> like I said, other than some technical some technical stuff, but uh, I've typically done yeah. the jackass move of uh, saying thank you, good night, and we're like the uh, second or third band on the show. <laughs> No. <laughs> it's like good night from us, but like the show is still has like a, another band or two. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, what are we supposed to leave? <laughs> yeah, everybody thinks everybody thinks they have to leave. Yeah, right. And and you would you don't understand until you you actually get presented with that that like you know you shouldn't say that. <laughs> it makes you makes you uh makes you rude to the other bands that are playing after you. <laughs> Uh, I saw I saw King Diamond once. This this is quite a while ago, and um, 
it was the last night of that particular tour. And so, you know, towards the end of the set, King, you know, takes a minute and he just wants to thank everybody and thanks the tour manager and he thanks all the roadies and he thanks like their lighting guy and their sound guy. And, you know, he's just like going on and on thanking everybody. And they're about to go into the next song or whatever. And Andy LaRoque, the guitar player, kind of, kind of shuffles over to King and whispers something in his ear. And King's like, oh, yeah, thanks to the opening bands, too. You've been great. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I saw him for the first time this past November and was absolutely blown away. You know, like... Oh, it's a good show. Oh, it's a good show. Oh, it... It's ridiculous, in in my opinion. He's got he's got such a deep catalog of material. He's always had such good taste in musicians. I mean, can't go wrong. No, not at all. Uh, and I even enjoyed uh, the opening bands that he had actually had on that tour. One of them was a band called Idle Hands uh, and okay. Uncle yeah. Acid and the Deadbeats. Uh, and they're kind of a Sabbathy thing. Uh, so yeah, it's total yeah. good stuff. So you know what is what is your allure to to wanting to be a musician what you know what makes the what makes the musician thing tick for you i don't know for me it's always been a part of my life i started um my parents started me on piano lessons when i was 4 years old because it was something i kind of showed showed interest in and expressed interest in um we didn't have a piano what happened was my parents kind of like babysat a piano for a friend of theirs who was like i don't know if this person was in between houses or whatever but she couldn't have her there was a length of time she couldn't have her piano Uh, and i guess while i was at our house i just was kind of drawn to it and so they started me on lessons when i was four um which is which is before i can remember um mostly um so i've been playing music um i've been interested in music really my whole life, you know, my whole conscious life. Um, so to kind of, to kind of narrow it down and put a point on it and say what the motivation is, I, that's honestly hard for me because it's it's just there. It's, it's almost instinctive. Um, and, uh, um, like I said, I, to, to, to kind of point to one particular, aspect of it or or or, um you know i'm kind of i'm kind of at a loss to to some so summarize it Uh, obviously it's kind of taken on um different forms and different contours uh and influenced my life in different ways um but uh it's always been a part of me and it's always been um kind of bigger than i could describe you know even back then understandable completely now have you ever taken like an extended break and then felt like something was missing at that rate not an extended break but a long enough break to to feel like something was missing yeah definitely i mean it's like it's 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 normal for me to be playing it's normal for me to be creating so when i'm not it's like that's that's when i you're like what's wrong maybe my more like yeah or like more like my my you know i still have kind of that that energy or those impulses or whatever, but they get channeled differently. And sometimes they can get channeled, you know, in more of a destructive way. And that's when I'm like, you know what? I need to pick up a guitar or just, you know, have, have something constructive to, uh, to focus on. So it's kind of been a, uh, a healthy outlet in that way too. 
Absolutely. I can dig, I can dig on that a hundred percent. Do you listen to yourself musically? Yeah, I do. As, I do. When an album, will, when, a, when an album will come out, I'll listen to it a lot and, until the next one comes along. Yeah. Okay. So you could actually, so you could actually listen to yourself as a fan even, um, or is it more of a, yeah, in a way, based? I mean, it's both. It's both. Um, it's a critique thing in the sense that I'm always, you know, every album is a prototype for the next one. You know, no matter how far along I go, I always feel like I'm making <clears throat> at least some improvements or refinements or, or at least taking, taking some kind of risk, um, you know, with each successive album, you know, regardless of which band we're talking about. Um, so yeah, it is kind of a critique thing that I'm, I'm looking for, uh, new openings or maybe maybe looking for stuff I don't want to necessarily do again, stuff that doesn't work. Um, but uh, also as a fan, I mean, I, I collect all, I, I keep all the different colored vinyls and I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I keep all the, you know, I mean, try yeah. to collect as much of my stuff as I can. <laughs> I know people out there who, who have like, you know, limited runs. Uh, you know, we were talking about Adam before we started the, uh, mm-hmm. the show and, he, I ordered the uh, the limited press gold vinyl of their latest album, and he's like, "I'm not even going to get a copy of that." <laughs> I was like, "Oh damn, dude!" <laughs> kind of make it, it's like, do yeah, you, there's like, do you want my five or six colors of that one? Oh yeah. yeah, and and it's funny because you know in this day and age, that's that's a pretty standard thing, you know, where you get four or five, six different versions of an actual LP version of an yep. album yep. and true. the rarities and the rarities are in the black uh, vinyl now because so many yep. people are wanting Isn't to do funny? colors. Yeah. It's like, it's Isn't such a standard for 50 years. And now it's, now it's like the, uh, the odd, the oddball, the odd. It's model. like, uh, it's like stick shifts or like, like standard transmission. It's like, that used to be, you just have to pay extra for automatic transmission. You know, and now it's like <laughs> now you have to pay extra for a for a, for a manual. Absolutely. Yeah. Now it's a feature. Yeah. <laughs> like an yeah, the option. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking through my questions here. This this is how it usually yeah. happened on the uh, on the radio show too. <laughs> what is your greatest accomplishment in high spirits? In high spirits, I'd probably the two things come to mind um and they're related one is the touring that we've done the places we've been able to to go and the people the audiences that we've played for and just how how welcome we always feel um in all these different places that that we go and um the appreciation uh that that is expressed is is uh is very mutual there's a lot of appreciation you know at our show there's a lot of appreciation coming from us toward the audience um and vice versa and it's 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 a real thing and it's something that as a band we've always valued really highly and been real um mindful of um, so yeah, in a, in a nutshell, the, the touring we've been able to do, uh, I'm very, um, 
has been very satisfying and very cool. And the other thing that I would mention is that we've accomplished a lot of what we've, what we have accomplished, um, without a lot of, uh, how do I want to say it with, without an overblown image, without, um, we've, 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 we've stuck to our, we've stuck to our songs. Um, you know, we're not, we're not a gimmicky band. We're not trying to piggyback on anything that's been done by any other band or that's even that we've done. We've, we've, we've wanted to, and I think we've been successful at just using the power of the songs and what we do as a live band, um, to do what we're doing. And, uh, that's something, I don't know what the other guys in the band would say, on that topic, but speaking for myself, that's something I'm very proud of that we've done it with songs. Absolutely. And there is definitely, you know, going back through and listening to your, your band camp page, you know, if it's a, a couple of years between releases, you know, there is definitely a sound that you have that is your sound. You know, I can't pinpoint and say, I can pinpoint influence and say, yeah, okay, I could kind of see, uh, you know, like a, a possible Maiden influence, but it's like, but it's not, oh, for sure. but it's not Maiden. It's because sure. Maiden has their sound. Certain. It's their sound. Mm-hmm. I think that and there's was, certain moments, there's certain moments I think where maybe, uh, a certain influence seems, seems very obvious, but it's, it's not, uh. You know, it's just kind of a drop in the ocean in a, in a way. It's not, uh, you know, we draw from a lot. We draw from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and we will draw from the current decade. I mean, there's a lot of great music out there that, that uh, you know, kind of turns us on. And even, even with stuff like that, you know, it's, there's so many musicians out there that people don't even know about, you know, people know about them, but like, they're not, you know, people who aren't just widely talked about who may be a local or regional musician that are outstanding people, you know, outstanding musicians, outstanding songwriters. And, you know, I, that's what I love about playing music personally is I can hear a band that I, you know, that I don't know if any of my friends have ever heard of, but I have. And, But it, it just kind of blows me away, you know. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to get noticed, and you really, uh, I think, for for a really motivated band, you know, you have to you have to kind of draw attention to yourself in every in every possible way, and uh, that that's not really been our motivation. Like I said, we've been kind of stubborn about about doing it doing it our particular way, and uh, you know, and people have found us. You know, we didn't have to. Um, really sacrifice anything. Um, we had uh, we had some good luck and some good timing, and and um, we're lucky to find some very dedicated um, people who were who were interested in what we were doing, and have, who uh, who have uh, helped us keep it going this long. Part two to that question, because I do have 
you know, what the greatest accomplishment. Uh, but I do also have a, like I said, a part two to that. And that is, what is your goal to surpass that? I don't know. There are, there are Bigger places tours? where we haven't, maybe the right ones, maybe, but again, we're, we're kind of stubborn. Like we're not, we're, we're maybe stubborn is the wrong word. We're a little bit skeptical. The bigger tours where, you know, the opening band buys on and they have to sell their T-shirts for $30 because that's what the headliner sells their T-shirts for. Um, That type of touring, um, well, there's a few reasons it wouldn't really work. We're, like I said, we're, we're, we're skeptical of that kind of business technique. Like, that's not really our business technique. I mean, I'm makes us sound sophisticated when we're honestly not, but we do have some uh, kind of principles that we stick by. And I'm not sure about that whole world. Plus those are the kind of tours they go on for like four weeks, six weeks and us, uh, the points we're at in our lives. Like that's not, that's not what we're looking for in terms of a lifestyle um, in terms of committing that chunk of time now that all being said you know if the phone rings tomorrow and it's steve harris like we're gonna talk it up we're gonna, <laughs> that's you know, so we're not, funny uh, that you mentioned that we're not cate- we're not categorically saying no to anything but we do uh we've been pacing ourselves i would say um you know and and we find we find a way that works and we tend to stick with it um the uh there are a handful of places where we haven't played that we would like to, such as Japan, such as Australia, um, some particular uh, South America. Um, they're supposed to be very, very good for touring bands right now. Um, so we do have some longer-term um, goals yet to accomplish that I that I think if we stick with it, you know, for another, what did you say, 11? Yeah, for another 11 years, I think I think, you know, it's maybe not uh, so far fetched that we might be able to to do some of that, but um, yeah, that's the only thing that comes to mind. And kind of just like keep it rolling and hope everybody in the band stays healthy and you know nobody loses his hearing or, or um, you know loses his inspiration because because it, it feels pretty good and it feels pretty good to know that it's been the same five dudes pretty much from the start too. Um, and that's a great thing, because, uh, especially in this day and age. Yeah. yeah, we're proud of that. We've done a couple. We've had, I think, two or three tours where we had to uh, have a substitute uh, on a particular instrument just for a couple times. Some unexpected stuff came up, and we chose to do the tour that way. But but uh, but it's not optimal. I can I can dig that for sure. It's definitely not optimal. It's definitely not optimal. And after the last time, um, you know, nothing. And, and this is nothing. Absolutely nothing against the people who have helped us out um, uh, over the years. I mean, on the contrary, there's you know, we've we've been lucky to have the uh, the uh, talented people uh, available for that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I feel like when it's not the original five people, it's not quite the same show. It's not the whole show, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I feel like like because we're not doing the six-week tours, you know, because we're not out 
for you know a hundred shows a year the way a lot of bands are we should we shouldn't do it just to do it we should do it and do it uh do it 100 percent. and then so i think um you know i think going forward unless there was something really unexpected i think i think it'll just be uh be us five for the duration whatever that may be <laughs> and that's and you know that's a great thing because you know in in today's musical climate it seems like there are so many bands that i know of that have so many different members there'd be like yeah. you know and and mine in particular is that way i'm the only original member after 13 years oh wow but we've only been a three piece every time we go oh, to well, expand to four yeah <laughs> every time we go to expand to like a four piece a guitar player will quit <laughs> <laughs> so it's even that's that's my my spinal tap thing it's an on it's like well there's another one because <laughs> i'm a bass player <laughs> uh, another, another scalp another scalp on the wall oh yeah uh there's plenty of them i think it's been like nine, <laughs> nine or ten separate people <laughs> and a couple of them have done different roles in the band so <laughs> oh wow uh you know you brought up places that you've wanted to tour Japan, yeah. Australia, South America, which would be super cool. So a question that I have for that, and this is like one that I've always liked to ask as well, is where's your, if you can pinpoint, if not, that's cool. Uh, where's your favorite place to play, city or venue, you know? Let's see. We do extremely well. There are two. There are two places in Europe that come to mind immediately, and that's Newcastle in the UK and Hamburg in Germany. We do extremely well. We've played. We've played both of those cities probably five or six times a piece, and it's always a plus. We feel like kind of like an eh, kind of like an adopted local band, maybe, or like a something happens like and, and it clicks. There's just something. There's just something a little extra, or a lot extra sometimes in Newcastle and Hamburg. Um, that uh, I, I feel like we could always return to those to those cities and uh, and feel that same kind of uh, that same kind of bond uh, as we do there. In the U.S., you know, it kind of changes. U.S. cities aren't maybe as consistent um, because people people tend to move around a lot here. It seems like, you know, and, uh, um, or maybe somebody's living somewhere temporarily to go to school like Baltimore. Um, Baltimore was pretty, was pretty worthwhile. We're stopped maybe I want to say 10 or 12 years ago because there was a clique of kids going to school, I think at UND or something who were all metalheads and into metal and organizing shows and, you know, promoting stuff on like radio programs and stuff. So they had this, this kind of, this core of, of, of dudes and, and, and girls too, who were uh, just real big boosters. So that made, that made that a good scene for a little while, but then, you know, they finished college and everybody kind of spreads out a little bit. Um, they moved so back home that, to Kansas or, or, or wherever, you right, know, one, right, one, right. Guy moved to New, one guy moved to New York. I just saw him a couple of weeks ago in New York and he's doing, you know, he's doing well. I have to say, I was, I was thinking while, while, while you were away, <laughs> I was thinking about it. And I think the most for consistency, I think the most consistent, um, you, you can't really put it on one city, but the most consistent region in the United States for, in my experience has been new England. 
as far as like a very like good audience participation, like a very vocal audience, you know, lively, they show up ready to go. Um, New England definitely has. Um, now are you, when uh, you say gets, New England, you're talking high, like Maine, mark. Connecticut, Rhode Island area. Oh, no, I mean, I mean, I mean like Rhode Island and Boston. Um, we've played in what there's a really cool place called Ralph's diner in Worcester, Massachusetts, um, which is kind of like central Massachusetts. Like it's a figure like halfway between Boston and like the New York state line. There's all kinds of, um, especially in Boston. There's all kinds of colleges and universities, yeah, and all around this, all around that whole that whole region. It's very, very active. Tons of bands. You know, everybody there is in five bands. They all go to each other's shows and shit. So, so I would say again for consi- for being consistently kick ass, definitely New England. Now we've had great shows in Chicago, obviously. Um, uh, I've really liked Texas. The, the a couple times we've been down there, like we had a real good time in Texas, um, San Antonio, and Austin in particular. Well, Houston too. Really, yeah, really. Every every time we played in Texas, um, I've come away feeling like like that was real good. Um, but you know, it can happen anywhere. It can happen anywhere. I mean, you know, I think sometimes that... you get lucky and sometimes you don't. Sometimes the local band blows up your bass amp. <laughs> right. In BFE, Tennessee, <laughs> or wherever it was, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we've had good shows in Tennessee, too. Nashville's, Nashville's a lot of fun. Louisville, Louisville was fun. I think we've been, there, yeah, we've been there two times. Yeah, I'd love to have you guys come down and play again you know just to yeah. just to have a, a kick-ass show down here because that that would be that'd be super cool yeah what did we it was it was us and savage master and christian mistress if you know them and um lurking corpses from fort wayne oh yeah with definitely with the other band yeah i think that was i think it was like four or five years ago yeah it's but, been uh, a while yeah, since i knew of you all coming it coming down so
on the artistry aspect of being a musician with influence, if you could have written any song or album, something that's so quintessential to you as a person from any other artist, what would it be? If I could have written it, uh, you know, like say, you know, master of puppets is so awesome to you, you know, and you wish you could have written that, you know, what, what would that, what would that song or album be for you? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, that's, that's a hard one. I would say, you know, there've been a few times where maybe, maybe this is a way of getting at it. And it is my favorite album. My favorite album of all time is, is the diamond head album, the debut lightning to the nations or the white label album as it's known. Yeah. And there've been a few times where I come up with this kick-ass riff. Oh, I love this riff or, or I can hear this kind of, you know, song singing melody in my head or something. Oh, this is great! I got to remember this one. I got to go, got to go record this one on my little. You know, I have a little kind of audio sketch pad. You could call it, I guess, for for riff ideas and stuff. I got to remember to record this. And then, in the meantime, before I get up there to actually play it, I realize, oh, well, that's why I like it so much. It's it's a Diamond Head riff off the first album. You know, so well, and, was, and it hits that happened you. another time. That, that happened another time, and it was and it's, you know not like I particularly loved the song Crazy Train, but I'd come up with this with this this riff that I just thought was so killer, and I couldn't wait. And I showed it to I showed it to Ian, I showed it to the drummer. I was like, oh man, check this out. He's like, cool, cool. So we jammed on it, and you know we were kind of like starting to build a build another couple riffs and kind of build a song around it. He's like, he's like, you know that's Crazy Train, right? So. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that an hour ago before we were... Right, before we wrote a song around it. <laughs> he just assumed I knew. He just assumed I was being cheesy, like, you know, you know, <laughs> making a, making like a little Quentin Tarantino reference, you know, or something. But, uh, but no, I, like I said, it's not like I love that song. I mean... Right, I, I get that. It, but, but I was like, yeah, so, so, uh, but yeah, my favorite, my favorite album... For a long time, it's been that Diamond Head album. Now they're not my favorite band. Motorhead's my favorite band. Oh, you've got to be shitting be, me. Yeah. Are you like you're serious? Motorhead's your favorite no, band? No, totally. Yeah, as since I was a little kid. God. Well, since I was like ten or eleven. <laughs> uh, people are gonna think it's a collusion thing, man, because it's like <laughs> I'm fucking totally, you know, like Motorhead. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I only got to see him the uh, one time, and that was uh, the year that Lemmy had passed away. So, did you see him in St. Louis, my buddy, or Indianapolis, right? Indianapolis, yes. Yeah, that was the first full show went... they played on the tour. My buddy from here said that was a good one too. Yeah, it really was. I, um, you could already tell something was up. They played a lot slower, oh, sure. but like, um. Still, it was a killer show. They actually went out and performed. I'm glad you got to see them. Yeah, me too. I'm Uh, glad you got to see them. Did you ever get to? Oh, I saw them probably 15 or 16 times. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, you know, I'm a, dude, I'm a singing bass player. So, doesn't get much more motorhead than that. So, (laughs) Right on. Um, Right on. I'm glad you got to see them. I'm also going to feature another, you know, another song from from you. This is a band called Actor. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me uh, about Actor. Yeah, Actor. Tell me about Actor. Yeah, 
actor was I became friends with uh, the bass player of the band Circle um, from Finland. I became friends with him when he heard one of my bands, um, which was called Dawnbringer, and was intrigued enough to kind of seek me out and send me an email, and we ended up exchanging music and becoming friends, and he's one of these guys. He puts me to shame with the number of albums and projects and collaborations that he's done. Um, just with Circle, uh, he's Circle probably has 40 or 50 albums. Oh, my god! honestly not sure. Um, but his name is Yussi Letasalo. Um, I'd probably slaughter the pronunciation, but that's that's pretty close, I hope. Um, yeah, so Circle have kind of changed a lot musically over the years. They're the, kind of no two albums sound the same. They go through different little periods or whatever, but um, some of their albums are completely electronic. Some are completely acoustic. Some are completely weird. Um, and some have, like, there's a few that are more more rocking. Um, and those are the ones I'm a little more uh, intrigued by. But anyway, um, long story short, or long story medium, as I often go um we became friends we exchanged music um you know through the mail and always talked about hey sometime we need to try a project together write some songs together or, you know whatever and we kind of went back and forth like that's eh, not even true that we went back and forth we never really even discussed what it would sound like if we were to write music together or what direction we might want to go or what what influences we should draw on um it was just kind of this, just the idea of like, let's just do something. And then one day he sent me sent me uh, three songs without vocals. I think he had had another project that kind of didn't pan out, and he just had these songs. And I guess he figured, well, I'll just send them to Chris and see if he could come up with anything. And, and so we ended up making a seven inch um, out of those songs. I want to say this was in 2013, maybe that the that the first single came out, and it got a really good response. People were, were, were really into it. Um, you know, we didn't do a demo or anything like that. We just kind of were like, boom, here you go. Um, and like I said, it got a really good response. People were, people were really intrigued and, and we were meanwhile intrigued, um, musically. And, and, you know, of course, by the, the, the response was, it was encouraging. The fact that people actually checked it out and actually bought the, bought the record or bought the download or whatever. So we continued and, and did an album and now we've done a second album and we still haven't really even had that initial conversation about what should it sound like or what it's do we just want this what, band to yeah, be. Yeah, it's whatever it, whatever it, it's real instinctive and I can't speak for, I can't speak for the other. So it's a three piece. It's, it's myself and Yussi plays guitar he plays bass in circle and and he plays a lot of keyboards in his other projects but he plays guitar and keyboards and actor and a drummer uh who's also in circle and a number of other projects with uc uh named tommy and really they just kind of get together and rock out these very basic it's like just a guitar and and drums very bare um songs and then we just kind of build on top of them you know then i put down my bass and then find a way in with the vocals and then at the end <clears throat> the last step is to kind of saturate it with all these 
keyboards and kind of guitar effects and, you know, maybe some more, you know, like layered vocal um, kind of pieces. Um, it's kind of, and it's not really anything goes because again, there's this kind of instinctive, like, well, some things are actor and some things are not, and we can't really explain it, but yet we still know, you know, it's, it's a gut thing. Um, um, but it comes out the way it comes out. And, uh, again, we've been, we've been encouraged by the fun that we've had doing it. And also by the fact that people seem to be interested in it too. I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's really cool for us. That's, that's awesome. And you've probably not, it's probably just a album thing you haven't done any shows nothing like that at all it would be it would be really hard to pull off live um especially being a three-piece just because there's so much i mean the, the the recordings are really pretty saturated like even when they're not there's kind of a lot right. uh, kind of running in the background there's a lot of kind of layers to the to the sound there's a ton of vocal harmonies and all this weird shit and it was funny the first album we would get that question and it was very easy to say, well, we don't want to just stand there and play our album. So we're not going to play live until we have, you know, more songs to, to, to draw on and we can do our best stuff. Now that we have two albums, we're going to need to come up with a different excuse <clears throat> or maybe actually just try it or get a bunch of holograms. That was, I think that was one idea. Wow. Get a bunch of holograms. And, and just like multi-track but, play it live. Even that sounds like a pain in the ass to me, so I don't know. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, gonna, I've, you know... i stick with the recording for a while. You know, that's... I agree with that. You know, that does sound like a pain in the ass, because for the people that play with backing tracks and stuff, I don't... I can't do that, personally, because I'm just, like, I'm in the moment kind of a kind of a player. It's weird, man. It's just... You know what it seems like to me? And it's not even, like, a like an ethic... Like, like an artistic ethics thing. It's, like, so much could go wrong. And if it does, like, that's catastrophic. I mean, I, I saw a band, and I won't say who it was, because um, I don't want to, you know, badmouth anybody. It was it was very early in their in their thing, and it was a there was a band with a huge amount of hype, and they came over and played the U.S. and it was a big deal, and their backing tracks were out of sync, and it sounded like garbage. You could and you I could say bad. it. You were about to say... I felt... <laughs> I, I felt bad for him <sighs> on one hand because it's like you, you're you're taking a huge risk that all the gizmos are going to... that all your flux capacitors and all your gizmos are going to gonna coordinate the way they're supposed to and it's going to be perfect and I'm sure... <clears throat> I'm sure 99% of the time it is but that other 1% has to just be total embarrassing hell on stage. Oh, yeah. For, 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 for real. Wrong. You know, that's been, yeah, that so. was always one of my things with like Floyd, you know, when Floyd with well, with the only recent stuff that they had, you know, they had ever done was, uh, you know, they had video backing tracks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, to be able to hit everything pristine to where it needs to hit in the video, that's one of those things It's like the video or the music is off a bit and it's, and it doesn't make sense. It's, it's like, it's trash. Yeah, at that you're point. screwed. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're screwed. You're screwed. And then at that point, I mean, I assume, I assume that a band has like a content, like, you know, it's like, it's like, pause the video for a second. Somebody forgets their lines. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have contingencies for, for that stuff happening, but boy, talk about stress. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'd rather just play the show for real. Yeah. Just worry about whether somebody's, had a couple too many beers or something. I mean, that's, that's more manageable. <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah. That's, that's a bit too much for me. I'm, I'm just yeah. there to hammer out on a bass and, and scream a few words for, for real. <laughs> yeah. Um, it shouldn't be that hard, right? <laughs> no, it shouldn't be, but, but it is. I don't know. Some, some bands out there can do it. Some of them can't. You know, what are your interests outside of music? Not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I mean, I have uh, I have two kids and a wife and a house. Um, so there's obviously a lot of um, uh, a lot of my life is spent, um, you know, doing my part with all that. Um, but I don't have a day job. I haven't had a day job for a while. Um, when my kids were little, well, one of them still is little. Um, that was my day job. You know, my, my go-to line was that I was a, I was a professional dad 11 months a year and an amateur singer one month a year. Um, I've used the term professional musician before. What's that? (laughs) Professional musician. You (laughs) know, no, I said professional, professional dad and amateur, amateur singer was, uh, was how I would describe it. And that's, you know, that's, that's not too far from the truth. I mean, I've had some, I have a couple of uh, side hustles. I mean, there's a little bit of income from Spotify and iTunes and and that stuff. Um, you know, we are we are set up for all that, or I am set up for uh, for all that. I should say. I do. Uh, you know, I've I've done some. Uh, I flipped a couple of record collections and sold some vinyl at some record shows uh, around here. So, um, but as far as like actual interests outside of music, you know, a lot of other than, other than family life, which is which is which is pretty separate um, from that, a lot of my interests outside of music are still connected to music. You know, like record collecting and and traveling. You know, a lot of that just kind of there's a there's an outgrowth of uh, what I've done, you know, musically or what I am doing musically or or, or, or my creative life too. You know, even a lot of my friendships uh, kind of overlap in that realm. So it really is. Uh, you know, like like I was saying, it's I you know I started playing piano even before I really remember. So it's all it's all very normal, but all very very uh, what's the word? It's all encompassing, right? I guess absolutely. That it's you know you collect records, you you like to travel, so that you know that's the reminder of being like on tour. Yeah, and I mean it all kind of it all kind of fits together, and it's and it's. And it's bizarre and exhausting ways. <laughs> well, that's awesome, you know. I mean, because it's, it seems like it's always been like we had said earlier in the interview that taking a even a, a small break and you realize what's missing, and it's the music. Yeah. So that makes sense completely, one hundred percent. Yeah. So before we go, you know, uh, go ahead and tell everybody out there how to. Uh, check out high spirits and act an actor well hopefully there's a lot of places that that uh 
people can check out High Spirits or Actor. You know, we should be at your local record store. We should be on your on your Spotify um, subscription or, or or however that way. I don't, I'm not a Spotify user, but I guess a lot of people are nowadays. So oh, yeah. we definitely make sure that we definitely make sure that everything. My philosophy, especially with High Spirits, I I, I I think High Spirits really is for the world. I really think it is for everybody. And with that, we've always been. It's always been important for the music to be available in the ways that people want it, whether that's on a vinyl album, a compact disc, on Spotify. Um, we've done cassettes of a few of the albums. Like we want whatever whatever somebody's mode of music listening is, I want High Spirits to be available there. So um, Bandcamp's a good place to start. Uh, we we manage that ourselves. Uh, manage it myself, I should say. Um, there's you can listen to you can listen to anything for free, all you want. Um, buy downloads. You can buy merchandise and stuff. You know, again, that's all that's all me. You know, if anybody if anybody listening has ever bought a High Spirits T-shirt online, you know that, that <laughs> I folded packaged. it up and that was me. That was me all the way. You know, taping the label on there and everything. So. Hopefully you got it in uh, in good good condition. <laughs> I've been eyeing but, uh, your uh, your patches on there, so yeah, we got a couple of we got a couple of cool patches. Yeah, we've done. We try not to go too crazy um, with the merchandise. You know, again, um, we're a songs band. We're not a t-shirt band. We're a songs band. But at the same time, like we definitely want to put t-shirts on the people who 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 want to be wearing them. So um, so yeah, we keep uh, we keep all that available as much as we can um through Bandcamp. that's a good place to start um and same for actor you know actor is not as uh you know we don't have the same profile um you know within magazines or people's playlists or whatever compared to high spirits but at the same time um we do make sure it's out there we make sure it's available you know spotify and you know like the the vinyl mail orders where people are shopping um you know the point of recording albums and you know writing songs and recording albums is to is to share them you know otherwise otherwise you could just you know play guitar by yourself in in your garage and that's cool too that's cool too but um like i said i mean especially with high spirits like we want to get that out there that's that's for everybody very much so high spirits on Bandcamp, facebook spotify check them out actor yep. facebook spotify Bandcamp, all of that uh, when yep. is, do you have any high spirit shows coming up? The next high spirit show is um, we're doing a festival in April called Hell's Heroes, uh, which is in Houston. I believe that's on April 18th. Um, yes, April 18th, which is a Saturday in Houston. Um, again, Texas is always uh, very fun. And then beyond that, we are working on some dates in Europe, um, including the Party Sun Open Air Festival which I'm told is a big one. We're psyched about it. Um, haven't been to that particular festival before, but that'll be cool. And um, probably do six or seven other, you know, smaller dates uh, while we're over there. It's always good to try to get some some bang for our buck on those uh, overseas flights. Oh, absolutely. So, um, yeah, probably looking at seven or eight shows there. Um, and then I have kind of a solo band of sorts called Professor Black. We have a show actually coming up pretty soon we're playing with autopsy uh at reggie's in chicago on march 7th um and the professor black band does 
kind of a variety of original stuff and some old Super Christ tunes. And uh, we're usually good for a couple Motorhead tunes, maybe more like five or six if we're really <laughs> in the mood. Nice. Um, so, and that, that's also, uh, if you go to the Professor Black Bandcamp page, which is easy to remember, hopefully, which is professorblack.bandcamp.com, that's a good gateway um, to some of that solo stuff, but also you can see pretty much my whole discography, you know, including actor, including High Spirits, and including some of these other uh, older groups I've mentioned. If you go to professorblack.bandcamp.com, there's, uh, that, like I said, that's kind of a gateway to to a whole <laughs> to a whole another realm right. of. Uh, of my music. So, uh, so that's a, as good, a, you know, probably as good a starting point as, uh, as you're going to find. Absolutely. Cause, cause I noticed when I was looking at the, uh, the high spirits Bandcamp page that there are 10 releases on there between EPs, albums, singles, live albums. There's, mm-hmm. there's 10 separate mm-hmm. releases on there over the last 11 years. So yeah, going back to 2009. Yeah. I think there's, there would be four, if I'm not mistaken, there would be four full-length releases, and then, like you said, yeah, kind of a mix of singles and EPs. And again, that's just you know maybe maybe the more casual fan isn't interested in the more the deep cuts, you know, whatever you want to say, the uh, you know the kind of the B sides or whatever of High Spirits, and that's cool. It's up there in the name of having it available for the people who who do want to dive deep and check that stuff out. Oh, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna definitely keep it all, keep it all out there on all the platforms that that we can find. Thank you, Chris, for you know calling in today and you oh, know my pleasure, just Mark. Thank shooting you the shit with me and everything. It's dude, thank you so much. And whenever you all are out on the road again in the states here, definitely gonna be coming out for sure. And seeing, yeah, you. we'll give you a shout. And make make sure that you get a heads up, and you know, also. Uh, Mark, thank you for what you do, and uh, all the best for your new uh, your new phase, your upgrade. Yeah, uh, you the, can, uh, the you can, uncensored. You can, swear, you can you can swear, you can edit, you can reach somebody halfway around the world too. So that's absolutely uh, that's a very promising thing, and I'm uh, you know I'm I'm happy for you on all that. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you too. But yeah, uh, we're gonna go ahead and head it out now with actor. This is astronaut. Where are you now? Is the sun behind you? Do you know how to find your way home? What have you seen in the blackness all around? Where have you been? Say the voices on the ground.
Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait.